Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief, news analysis and context from Taichung, Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. All right, today up on the show, it's a big show focused on the alleged bribery cases against lawmakers across party lines and an in-depth look at what it could mean for the parties involved and the fallout for each of them, plus which parties could benefit. But up first, as always, are some headlines. The Ministry of Education said Wednesday that all international students enrolled in Taiwan universities will be allowed to return to continue their studies, but it later made a reversal on one aspect of the policy, saying students from China are not included. Taiwan's National Immigration Agency has posted up-to-date rules for those wishing to visit Taiwan amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Check out their website for more details, which vary by country. Four Taiwan cities, Taipei, New Taipei, Tainan, and Taichung, have reintroduced mandatory mask wearing in certain indoor places after several foreign nationals returning to their home countries from Taiwan tested positive for COVID-19 sparking fears of a resurgence of local infections. The places included are karaoke clubs, study centers, elevators, cram schools, and movie theaters. The Taipei MRT is also included. The Taipei District Court has ordered that three lawmakers be held incommunicado amid a probe into alleged bribery. The three are Su Jenqing of the DPP, Chen, Chen Zhao, Zhao Ming and Sufen Saluko of the KMT. Also held incommunicado were Su's office director and Sufen's office director, as well as, as Guo Keming, a political lobbyist. The Taipei District Prosecutor's Office on Friday raided the offices of six incumbent and former lawmakers for allegedly taking bribes ranging from several hundreds of thousands of NT dollars to 20 million NT dollars from Li Hunglong, the former chairman of Pacific Distribution Investment Company, who was also detained. Former New Power Party chairman and legislator Xu Yongming was released on bail of 800,000 NT following the release on of, of DP, former DPP legislator and former minister of foreign affairs, Mark Chen, on bail of 500,000. That's Chen Tangshan. Evidence appears to show that Xu had made a commitment to the bribers, but whether he accepted the bribe is unclear, the court said, commenting on his release on bail, adding that Xu is forbidden to contact related witnesses. Xu told reporters after his release, quote, I cannot disclose the, dis the details about the case, but I am absolutely innocent. Taipei prosecutors said that the lawmakers are suspected of taking bribes from Li in 2018 to lobby the Ministry of Economic Affairs to amend Article 9 of the Company Act relating to capital increases and to make them retroactive. The proposed retroactive clause, which might have allowed Li to take back ownership of the department store chain from Far Eastern Group, Chairman Douglas Xu, did not pass. Independent legislator Chao Zheng Yu was accused of taking bribes from funeral services proprietors through, through Guo, the political lobbyist mentioned above. Chao allegedly pressured the construction and planning agency to alter the classification of a plot of land in Taipei's Yangmingshan National Park so the proprietors could build a cemetery. 
Chow was released on one one million NT bail on Sunday, while his former aide was detained incommunicado. So now that we've covered the outline of what's happened, let's move to the political fallout, starting with the KMT. The KMT has suspended membership privileges for Sufan Siliko and Chen Zhaoming after they were detained by the Taipei District Court, according to KMT Chairman Johnny Chang or Jiang Jisun. The KMT Disciplinary Committee is launching investigations into Sufan and Chen, and the result of those probes could determine if the pair lose their KMT membership. According to Chang, under the KMT's party charter, members have their privileges suspended if a court finds them guilty of corruption in the first trial and their membership is revoked if they are found guilty again in a second trial, Chang said. He added, quote, we have already fast tracked the punitive measures. Now, this is, of course, bad news for the KMT. However, of the three parties involved, they are probably the least impacted. They may lose some light blue supporters to the Taiwan People's Party, the one party in the legislature that has a caucus that is not caught up in the scandal. But how many is anyone's best guess at this point? But it may combine with other issues. And this is the big problem they have, such as fallout from what is shaping up to be a disastrous election in Kaohsiung, which will likely lead to calls for Johnny Chang to resign and possibly the failure of the reform package to pass at the party congress in September. Together, these could erode the KMT's base of support. Now, moving over to the DPP. The DPP has suspended legislator Su Jinching's membership privileges after he was detained in the same corruption probe. That led to his uncle, Top presidential aide Su Jiachen tendering his resignation on Sunday amid bribery allegations targeting the nephew, and the presidential office swiftly approved the move later in the day. Su said he was resigning to prevent causing further trouble for the president and to allow investigators to conduct a thorough investigation into the corruption allegations. In his statement, Su said that his 30-year political career, neither he nor his wife had ever been investigated for corruption or tried to use his position to cover up any alleged misconduct by family members. The KMT have been, in the last couple of months, accusing Su and his nephew of seeking to personally gain from state-run firms' operations in Indonesia through a 2017 trip to that nation. Su filed a defamation lawsuit against the KMT for that accusation in late July. Then, news broke on Sunday that a scented candle company run by Su's daughter and Swedish son-in-law received nearly 16 million NT from state-owned Taiwan Power Company, or Tai Power, in the first half of the company's, first half year of the company's establishment. Tai Power denied that the purchase had any connection with Tai Power's business operations, and it also denied that the head of Tai Power had anything to do with the order. The Tai Power Employee Welfare Committee, which made the order, claimed that the purchase of the gifts was made through a public selection process and was, quote, in compliance with procedures and was fair and reasonable. Now, aside from having a house that wasn't properly zoned for agricultural land, which, by the way, came out when he was the DPP's vice presidential nominee in the 2012 election, there hasn't there hadn't been any scandal around Sue that I'm aware of. 
He has had a good reputation as an administrator. He was also previously Pingdung County Commissioner and also as a policy wonk. During his run for Taijung mayor in 2010, which he nearly won, I got to meet him and I asked him a fairly difficult question related to land use related to his platform. His answer showed that he was clearly very knowledgeable. The loss of Sue is a blow to President Tsai, who appointed Straits Exchange Foundation Chairman David Lee as Sue's successor. Now, this is an interesting choice, as Lee is reportedly in the pan-blue camp. His extensive foreign policy experience, however, could come in handy. Part of the problem facing the president is internal DPP politics and balancing the various factions internally. Sue was associated with her own faction. The vice president, the premier, and the legislative speaker all represent different factions, and if she picked anyone from those factions, it could upset the power balance between them. Now, this could all get weirder if rumors are true that Tsai plans to appoint James Song or Song Zuyu to replace David Lee as head of the Straits Exchange Foundation. Song broke from the KMT to form the People's First Party, which for a time was quite strong and for a time dominated the legislature in partnership with the KMT, but is now a fringe party. He's also pro-unification, which seems like a not very good choice for the head of the Straits Exchange Foundation, which is in part made to communicate with China. And Premier Su Tsang, in an attempt to put a positive spin for the party on the, on the scandal, said that despite alleged attempts by several lawmakers to pressure government officials to give in and favor a particular business arrangement, they stood firm against the corruption. That does appear to be true. So all that money spent on the corruption and bribes, at least allegedly, apparently was all for naught. President Tsai Monday called on members of her administration to uphold high moral standards and eschew illicit activities. Now, this will likely hit the DPP's popularity, but like with the KMT, it's hard to say how much it will impact them with voters. It's possible some of their lighter green supporters could bolt to the TPP, but it seems less likely than with the KMT, as the KMT is facing multiple problems all at once, and the DPP isn't. Also, ideologically, they they would be more likely to bolt to the new power party, but the NPP is also caught up in the scandal. So that brings us to the fallout in the NPP, which is probably going to be the hardest hit of the parties. To their credit, they acted swiftly and on Saturday suspended party chairman Xu Yongming over his alleged involvement in the case. Then Xu on Wednesday announced his resignation from the party. Shortly after Xu's resignation, the party convened an interim meeting of its policymaking committee, during which all 10 committee members tendered their resignation, according to acting NPP chair Chiu Shenzhi. A new committee will be elected within three weeks with members to serve until February 28, 2021, he added. <clears throat> according to the party charter, its chairman is elected from the members of the policymaking committee. Following the resignations, the chairman, the position of chairman remains unfilled. Chiu said the party will present a code of conduct and ethics and a financial reform plan in the coming weeks. However, the bad news continued when Taipei City Councilors Huang Yufen and Lin, Lin Ingman announced their resignation from the NPP. 
Both will now be independents. This is the second major crisis to hit the NPP. The first hit almost exactly a year ago. Last year, on August 1st, founding member, Fre founding member Freddie Lim uh, <clears throat> left the party, and the parties, parties decided, and the party decided in the same month to revoke the membership of one of their lawmakers, Kaolo Iyun, after allegations of abuse of power to obtain government subsidies. This was followed by then-legislator Hong Ziyong joining Lim in leaving the party. Some other defections followed. Now, to lose two Taipei city councilors is a big deal, because after national legislators, Taipei city councilors are the highest-profile lawmakers in the nation, and as such are probably very much being eyed as future stars of the party. Now, remember, if you're a Taipei city councilor, there's a pretty good chance that not only is it the capital, but you'll also be able to be uh, to make appearances on the t the TV news talk shows because, well, they're all in Taipei. So the NPP was founded precisely to be a new, fresh, and clean party that wouldn't play the old, corrupt politics as usual game. Uh oh. So for the NPP, this is a disaster. In spite of the defections last year, they were able to hold on to enough support to get three seats in the, in the legislature in January, though that was down from five in the previous session. The big question now is whether this will destroy the party. If there are more high-profile defections, it could spell doom for the party. So far, their three legislators are still in the party, as is their star Kaohsiung city councilor, Huang Jie. What they will, what they will, will do going forward meaning will they stay in the party, is key. The second issue for the party is will they be able to repair their image with voters by the next elections in 2022? If they can keep party unity through this rough time, perhaps. The good news for them is that there's a lot of time between now and then. The big winner out of the NPP's woes could well be the Taiwan State Building Party, which has one legislator representing a Taichung district. The party is Kaohsiung-based, but this may give them an opportunity to poach voters from the NPP's power bases further north. I'd like to give a shout-out to John Ross, whose excellent book, Taiwan in 100 Books by Camphor Press, I just finished. If you love Taiwan and love books, I highly recommend picking this book up. It's a great journey through the Taiwan canon, even if, like myself, you've even read many of the books featured. There's also mention of Taiwan Report in the book and some well-deserved praise for Michael Turton, who, by the way, is working on some history content for Taiwan Report. All right, be sure to support us on Patreon. It's very important to get that support in. It really helps us a lot. And, of course, hit like, subscribe, hit the bell, and all that good stuff. All right, until tomorrow... This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw.